two men and wounding a third in Kenosha, Wisconsin last year, took to the stand in his own defense. And the circumstances are almost built for an actual CRT course. The white, now 18-year-old, faces an almost entirely white jury of his peers, with the exception of one black man. Welcome back to the second hour of the Tobler Show here on 101.9941 News Talk STL. More and more people are hearing about this station, and uh, I, we heard it at the Douglas Murray event the other day. People were coming up and saying, wow, we found you. You're back. And not just me. It's the whole station and everyone that folks have uh, have known and listened to for so long. And uh, the team is together and uh, just moving forward like you can't believe. So you stay in touch with us, uh, of course, on air, you know, with the broadcast. Or uh, you can listen to a replay of this show, for instance, tomorrow evening, every Sunday night from 9 to midnight. Um, and, and you can sign up for the newsletter. Don't forget to do that every Wednesday. The newsletter uh, on NewstalkSTL.com. You sign up there and then you get a newsletter in your e- inbox. And, of course, we have apps and the Alexa skill and all the rest. But um, it's it's a happening. And the number is 314-912-1019. 912-1019 to stay in touch with me on the program. If you want to weigh in on the happenings of the day, that was Joy Reid coming out of the box there with finding somehow the Kyle Rittenhouse trial racist. I I, I mean, is, is Joy Reid going to find Tony the Tiger in this morning's Frosted Flakes racist? I mean, I, I just, it is, I, I have to tell you, at some point I begin to, and this may be, it, we have to start morphing our opinions of the left and these really very pathetic people who it's pathetic when someone cannot do anything else but beat a drum. They, they are like a, a solitary drummer standing in the middle of a football field with a single drum, not a trap set, not a drum and a cymbal and a gong and a xylophone, one drum, just beating it incessantly, hoping desperately that it will matter to someone and ultimately they become irrelevant they become absurd and they risk people laughing at them but I don't laugh at them I I, I cry for them I'm not kidding you I feel sorry for these people what in the world is racist about that trial Oh, they'll argue that there was a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse with uh, the, well, not, <laughs> I'm hungry, Max. It's early and I'm hungry. I want to say the poor boys because I'm thinking of sandwich. Proud boys. The proud boys. Although right. I could go for a poor boy right now, too. I know. I just, I said, I was, I was going to say uh, poor with boys poor and I, boys, my yeah. mouth started watering and then I couldn't remember. <laughs> um, proud boys. That, that's, yeah, proud boys. And, and yes, is this, is this was at the time 17 year old young man misguided I think we could say that, yes. But is he a first-degree murderer? (laughs) No. And despite whatever he had been depicted as, the trial and his alleged crimes for which he is accused, of which he is accused, have nothing to do with racism. None of the people, none of the, the two that were killed... The other gentleman who was shot in the arm, none of them were black. 
Not as far as I know. I was one of them maybe Hispanic? I don't know. I I, I guess you could say. Uh, so, so my point is they they are so utterly devoid of factual reality. They're so disconnected from the truth that all they can do is continually riff like the drummer in the middle of the vacant 50,000-person stadium all by themselves in the middle of, on the 50-yard line. Tap, 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 tap. Racism, racism, racism. And, and they become, they become irrelevant. And they become mocked. And I pray that Joy and, and others on the left would begin to see where that is not going to lead them to where they even hope to be. Even if you argue, okay, I want, I'm with them. I want to see them succeed because I'm a lefty and I'm woke. And like Max, I just went out to Beverly Hills and I got woke and all it takes. I'm going to bring it back to St. Louis. No, not Max. Well, I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you want them to succeed, you, you someone should be screaming from the rooftops like they, like uh, James Carville did. Said they need to go to woke rehab, right? Because they're not getting anywhere with this. And it's probably informative for us too on the right, right? I mean, we need to be careful about what we say and be be thoughtful. Make sure that our answers have some complexity. Make sure that our facts and our statements are are supported by the facts, and we have our facts accurate. And when we don't. Admit it and correct it quickly. So that I, I, that's just it. We're going to talk with Virginia Cruder here uh, in, in a couple of segments. I want to get her her whole take on the Rittenhouse thing, but it's a fascinating thing. We and, and then oh, Max, play this one. Speaking of Rittenhouse, play number eight for me. This is Kyle. No, I'm sorry, no, 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 number seven. This is Kyle Rittenhouse himself. And describing he in a, in a move which by many I guess I guess in the in the litigation in the trial law world you're, generally it's much more dangerous it's risky to have the defendant take the stand but okay they did because I think they felt the momentum and clearly this prosecutor is not a likable fellow and he's already been really called out and several times spanked by the by the judge uh, Schroeder I think is his name and. And then this is him taking the stand. Now, let's listen to this objectively. Well, you're not going to watch it. You're going to listen to it and take a listen. And then we'll talk about what the left is saying about Kyle Rittenhouse. Once I take that step back, I look over my shoulder and Mr. Rosenbaum, Mr. Rosenbaum was now running from my right side. Um, and I was cornered from in front of me with... Mr. Zeminski and there were <laughs> there were three people right there Don't talk about the case during the break. What, read, watch, and listen to any conversation. 
Now, if you watch it, it's even more compelling. But Whoopi Goldberg comes out on The View and says, that's the worst acting I've ever seen. And others have said, oh, that was pitiful. What a, what a, what a great job of, you know, what a thespian he is, you know. Uh, I wasn't speaking about LGBTQ. Um, a thespian with a TH. You know, I, it's just troubling that the left can, can just spew hatred. Clearly, this young man is troubled. I mean, he's sitting there in a trial at age 18 for murder. He could end up, I don't know, I guess he could end up life. Who knows? And he breaks down when he recalls the scene. And clearly, you look back at a lot of things you've done in the heat of the moment, and you go, oh, wow. What was I thinking? Or I was, it was really more frightening than I realized at the time. Whatever emotion overwhelmed him, I, I, among the universe of possibilities is he was coached by one of the directors that Max regularly rubs elbows with as a movie critic. <laughs> I doubt that happened. He was coached on just exactly how to break down and get empathy from the jury. It could be. It's possible. I'm not going to deny that. It's also possible that giraffes swim and dive, you know, 100 feet deep like otters. That's possible. Not likely. <laughs> you know what I mean? My point is there's absurd. Everything's possible. But is it likely with what you heard and if you've seen the clip? It, and yet the left cannot get the hate out of their heart and their mind. The hatred. Whoopi Goldberg, have you no compassion? I, I, I don't know. It just, it's just I am, I am utterly sometimes at a loss for words when I view the actions and the, and the utterances of people. But I guess, Max, that's what people say about some of our utterances, huh? I don't know. I suppose Maybe so. You know, I, I think people have a tough time holding two thoughts in their head at the same time. I mean, let's say that Rittenhouse did something that was wrong. He can still feel bad about it and cry. Yeah. That doesn't mean, yes. oh, well, wait a minute. The man feels bad, so we absolve him of everything. That's not what happened. But it does not surprise me at all that he would be crying on the stand. It's surprising they would call him as a witness because that usually does not happen. But it doesn't surprise me at all that he would have an emotional reaction. This is yeah. a this is an awful thing that happened where there was loss of life. And wherever you are on the Rittenhouse side, I thought it was a very naked human moment. And I yes. don't get the left mainly dunking on him for this. Like, oh, I mean, he's become a meme now. And the Internet thinks yes. it's hilarious. I that's I, the I, lack of empathy is shocking to me. Yeah, we have. We have come off our rockers in this country with a lack of caring for one another. Yes, exactly. The the hatred, the HQ, and I don't mean headquarters, but the hatred quotient on the left and the right these days is overwhelming. It is like it is like the the stench of sewer gas permeating our culture. And we would be well informed. I didn't get a chance to ask Douglas Murray. The Q and A was over. There were great questions from from the the audience. And I, I leaned over to Helene and she was with me that night and I said, boy, I'd love to ask him, what are the big mistakes that the right can make with so much momentum going into to right the ship, if you will? He used the analogy of the ship has lost its moorings and we need to bring it back to shore, you know, and sort of lamenting where America has gone. But we have to be careful that we're not a part of the problem going forward and that we don't. 
that we don't um, misplay our hands. I don't want to say overplay your hands. You can never overplay freedom and patriotism. And in my in my world, the love of the American experiment and the American ideal. You can't overplay those concepts and those that that philosophy. You can misplay your hand politically, though, and that's what troubles me. It, you know, how many times have we seen a, a really strong football team? You see it on Friday night at the high school game, and you see it in the NFL, and you see it at the NBA. You see it, you know, ultimately a team that's on a great winning streak takes a big fall and they lose 14 zip, you know, for baseball team. I, I think it happened to the Cardinals. What what's the what's the common thread there? Swagger. Too much swagger. I told my wife the other day I had a string of I don't know but several good things happened. I had a I had a patient that was struggling and I couldn't find the answer and then I had an aha moment and that happened and then there's something else happened and you know and I it just I came home I said wow had a good day today it's, things have been a little rough lately it's been tough with the payment system and the vaccine mandate and and just you know it's been tough and patients struggling with. You know, how are they going to work and they have kids at home and they can't find daycare? And then I said, it's just been tough. And but I had a good day. I said, and then I had another good day. And at the end of that second good day, I said, oh, something bad's going to happen. The hammer's going to drop. <laughs> Don't let me get a big head. <laughs> I think we're at we're at a risk for that in, on, on the right. And we should be respectful of, yeah, I'm, I'm even, if, if there's an illegal immigrant who crosses the border with their family and, you know, the guy has a DUI and someone gets killed, okay, it's a terrible human tragedy. They broke the law. They need to be punished. But can you imagine what might be going through their heart if you saw them on the stand doing something like this? Now, sure. if they're brazen and they're soulless and they're, Heartless, that's a different story. But when you see this kind of a reaction, I don't care if it's someone that you politically disagree with. At that point, there has to be a point where we take politics and just sort of extract it. Just just divorce yourself from the politics for the moment. When someone's hurting, whether they've done wrong or not, but if they're genuinely hurting, to just double down. It reminds me of why I can't watch a lot of MMA and other stuff where you just mm -hmm. see a guy that's bloodied and the other guy just keeps kicking him. And it's just, it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't groove on that. I don't know. 912-1019. That's the number here on 1019-941 News Talk STL if you want to call in and, and weigh in. I, and I'm not a, look, I'm not a soft touch when it comes to law and order. I think you all know that. That's not, it's not about justice. It's not about law and order. It's about at some point, we have to remember that as human beings, we are fallen angels. <laughs> and, and there but by the grace of God, go you and me and everyone else. And if we all have to suppress our primal tendencies, and it's that collective suppression of that that enables us to have a civil society. But when you have big name, high profile people, Whoopi Goldberg saying, oh, he was just acting. The kid was acting. Remember back a couple of weeks, we talked with Erica Komisar in her new book, Chicken Little, The Sky Isn't Falling. And she's a parenting coach, an expert. She's a psychoanalyst and a wonderful human heart. If you just talk with, I've had the pleasure of talking with her off air and attending, uh, you know, her book launch, which was a virtual launch with a lot of people just listening to her talk and, and ask, answering questions. And and it reminds me that she talks about the human brain and that 
that prefrontal cortex where we learn judgment and executive function and decision making and discernment, that doesn't fully mature until 25, 26. You know, we always thought adolescence is what, 17, 18, and now, okay, you go to college, you're a man and a woman now. Yeah, yeah. And that's not true. And it's not an excuse either because, you know, being disciplined for errors sometimes very swiftly and sternly and severely is why we develop because we learn from our mistakes. That's what teaches the wiring and the remodeling of the neuronal connections to where we finally have some judgment. And those of us who are still trying to wire go into talk radio. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but seriously, here's a young man who's clearly troubled, clearly misguided. He thought he could go and do what the police weren't doing in a way, his motive was right. It's just his tactics were wrong. So strategically, he wasn't wrong. The police weren't stopping it. I, for the life of me, can't figure out why they don't call the National Guard with tanks. I don't care. I want so much overwhelming force. The The minute a riot begins to break out or anyone threatens, I just, the minute it goes from a peaceful protest to anything beyond that, I want to see... I want to see the drones of tanks. I want to see, you know, Star Wars descend on the on the lawbreakers. And and we got exactly the opposite last summer, right? We had police standing by, and not because they didn't want to enforce the law. Make sure you hear me on that. It's because they were told not to by the city leaders in Seattle and Minneapolis and Kenosha and 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 and, and Baltimore. I know all you hardworking and and disillusioned law enforcement officers out there are going like, you know, what the hell? What am I doing here? I have no one to back me up. I put my life walk out every day and don't know if I'm going to come back home. And now I'm told I can't. Any move I made is is going to be scrutinized left, right, up, down, center, inside, out and up and over and over and over again. Pixelated. Multi, you know, finely focused HD body cams. And then if if I make one in the spur of the moment judgment that in retrospect, I didn't know it was just a, a, a squirt gun. I thought he was going to shoot. Oh, there you go. You shot a you shot a minority. You evil police. I don't I don't blame the police for saying, hey, <laughs> no mas. No mas. Oh, well, that's what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? 314-912-1019. 314-912-1019. It's 1019-941 News Talk STL. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter during this break, okay? Newstalkstl.com. And that way every Wednesday you'll get something in your inbox that will keep you up to date, fresh, and you'll know what's going on at the station in the world and about the things that affect your life and mine. Thanks for being with me. We'll be back and talk with Max about his uh, woke experience out in Beverly Hills and uh, the movies he's been thinking about. Maybe with the upcoming holidays, good time to take some of them in. Stay there. I can afford to give up a lot of my current lifestyle to benefit the planet because I'll still have a lot left over. A lot of folks don't have that cushion. Well, there was Barack Obama boasting about, uh, I don't know, how many beachfront homes does he have now? He's building one in Hawaii. I mean, listen, he could give up six of them and he'd still be fine. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Don't Meanwhile, I heard someone say the other day that, uh, so Max Max Foise is not only a consummate broadcast professional, both uh, on and off air, but also a movie critic of quite 
some acclaim because you don't get invited out to Beverly Hills for a screening unless you have some cred in that industry. Well, and, and I would I would hope so. I've been doing it since 2004. So if I didn't by this point, oh boy, I better no, find that, another line. That's of work. a real feather in your cap. That's well, a real thanks. feather in your cap, thanks. and that's that's big. That's big time. We'll call him Big Time Foisy. No, you know, no, big no. time. Uh, don't get too much swagger. Don't get too much swagger. <laughs> Uh, so you went out to there and you watched something about, what was it, The Power Dog? Yeah, so I realized when I watched the movie, they kind of explained that title. It's actually um, from a verse in Psalms. And so it's, okay. it's a reference to scripture and it's uh, protect my darlings from the power of the dog. And I, biblical scholars will say that that basically meant interlopers, ravagers. I mean, the dog was wow. sort of a metaphor for someone coming okay. into your town and protecting your darling would mean anyone that was close to you. And so okay. when you watch the film, it definitely, now I understand that title. I always thought it was kind of clunky, the power of the dog. Yeah, yeah. Now that I realize it's biblical, now that I realize what was going on in the movie, I actually kind of like the title. But that's why I was out there and I was going to talk about it on my show uh, this weekend, but now the studio has postponed it until right before Thanksgiving. Uh, so oh. it actually comes out in St. Louis. I think it'll be at Friday neck in about two weeks mm -hmm. um, okay. but uh, but you know, so I went out to, to Beverly Hills it was right there in in, in Hollywood stayed at an amazing hotel uh, thanks to my pals at Netflix but I was surprised about a great many things, Dr. Randy Tilber. First of all, yes. uh, the gas prices. You know, I, I, I know that it's a different metropolitan area, a lot more people and all that. I was not prepared uh, for $5 at the pump Whoa. for five uh, regular bucks. five bucks. And wow. uh, so next time you, you have that sting Holy in the pump here in, here in Missouri, make sure you're happy you're not out there in Beverly Hills. $5. So what did you, did you? So I drive a I drive a, a Ford truck, a pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And obviously, I'm putting diesel in that puppy. Right. And that's usually you know well thirty yeah. thirty five cents more than uh, you know than the yeah, twenty five to thirty cents more. Did you do you recall seeing any diesel signs? I don't. Out there? Do I they don't, do diesel in California. I don't even know if they do. You know what? Something yeah. else that surprised me is I didn't see all of the electric vehicle hookups that I thought I would. I thought ah. I would see plug-ins everywhere, and it uh, yeah. turns out, nope. They still want you to pay $5 for the gas, but they're not going to give you the plug-ins for the EV. <laughs> oh, don't worry. The infrastructure bill is going to take care of that. I think oh, the just passed that, infrastructure bill. That's what's happening. There will be a chicken in every pot and an electric recharger in every corner. The yeah. other thing is I brought... I, I was a good soldier. I brought my mask, of course, in case I needed it. Oh, uh, look at I, you. But what oh. I didn't realize was... In California, when you're outside, you're waiting in line for something, or you're just walking around, seeing mm -hmm. the sights. You know, I mean, I was down on, on uh, the Walk of Fame, and it was kind of amazing, and I, I'm down there at Grauman's Chinese Theater. However, oh, every single person around me outside in California had their mask on. And so just as far as those, you know, when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans do. I put on my mask. I took a selfie in front of this, you know, Hollywood sign and I sent it to, uh, to, to a, a, fr a fr friend of mine. And she, and she said, wow, you look, you look like a, a native Californian. You're wearing your mask outside. So I didn't even realize. Were they so in the cars? Are they wearing their mask? You see that sometimes around here, even you do. And the one thing you definitely can't do there is socially distance. There's just far too many people. I felt better about my socially distancing uh, just being here in the Midwest because there, no matter what masks or not, you're on top of five other yeah. people. Uh, yeah. Also, another thing was I had to call my wife in some manner of frustration uh, one afternoon when I had some time before the screening and I wanted to grab a burger. Not a big request, right? A gigantic right. request in California. Everything no. is vegan. Everything. Oh. 
And oh. so any burger I wanted oh. was a vegan burger. I said, no, no, no. I just want, oh. I just want a hamburger. Are you kidding me? It I took, mean, it's hard to just get a good old beef burger. It took me a very long time to find just a beef burger. <laughs> I finally did. I finally did, even though they gave me the side eye when I ordered it. And when I walked into the restaurant, not just the restaurant, but every place I walked into, I had my handy vaccination card, which I'm vaxxed. I'm fine with that. I, you know, yeah, I've, sure. I, I've had COVID as well. But I had to show it every time I went inside. So if I went into a restaurant, I had to show my card before I could be served. <laughs> wow. Yeah, very different so than Missouri. You didn't have to like, uh, you know, Heil Newsom, did you? I mean, you know, like, I show me the papers. I show actually, me the papers. I actually did hear a <laughs> lot of uh, derision uh, levied his way. Ah. So, so that was kind of comforting. Uh, although, you know, he did win the uh, uh, recall. But no, my plight to grab a burger and to, to fight for the freedom and take my mask off outdoors, it was a very real thing. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, Maxie, uh, check your email. I think we're going to have a surprise guest uh, oh, coming good. up uh, maybe oh, next good. hour because there's a there's a rally coming up in uh, in D.C. we're going to oh, talk about. I just, got a, I just got a notification. Maybe we can make it work. Well, I, that is fascinating. It really is an other world out there in California. It is. And, it you is. know, the thing I'm... Okay, so the last time I was out there, gosh, it was a few years ago. We were visiting my uh, my son and daughter-in-law, and uh, her folks are from Roseville area out in uh, Northern California. But anyway, we joined them, and we went down and did the Napa thing and stayed in the Napa Hotel. It was a grand place. It was fun. Did a lot of fun, uh, the wine tour. Who You know, you got to do that sometime if you haven't done it. But I'll never forget, as we're going through the, the, the wine shop, you know, afterwards, and you take the tour, and they, every, there were more signs that said, uh, per California regulation, you know, 995 or whatever the number is, this may be toxic to your health. And I mean, this, these labels were on like, you know, the little, the little stopper you put in a wine bottle sure, that has yeah. a rubber piece in it with a, maybe it's even medical grade silicone. I think a lot of these are silicone, totally inert, totally inert. And, and the little metal, maybe a metal thing with the, with the wine logo on the, on the winery, you know, this. And I look at my wife, and I'm like, everything here is toxic. Everything is toxic. They label any, a paper napkin is toxic, for crying out loud. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's nothing better that the government likes doing than treating grown men and women like babies. Yes. It's yes. like when you have a, an infant and you need to know, wait a minute, to watch out for this or put that stopper over here or make sure right, the outlets sure. are covered up. But yeah, that's how yeah. the government views us. The government views us like, well, they're just a bunch of babies. Yeah, so it's condescending is it is. In, the, in the end. It is. And I think that's sort of what's played into this whole vaccine mandate pushback. It's like, darn it, I understand there's some value to this vaccine. I have concern because it's new. Between you, me, and the wall, ladies and gentlemen, I think some people are overly concerned. I don't see for the vast majority of people that the, that the risk-benefit ratio you know, doesn't lie on the side of the benefit of this, okay? And I'm on record with that. However, having said all that, this this heavy-handed, and we talked about it early in the show, particularly when it comes to organizational health and staffing and being able to provide health care, first responders, uh, fire services, uh, law enforcement, man, this heavy-handed, we know what is good for you, you will get the vaccine. If you don't get the vaccine, you will be fired. You will not get unemployment. Shut up. And it just, Americans, Americans above any people in any civilization cherish freedom and liberty. And you have to, you have to treat freedom and liberty like a, like a porcelain doll. It's delicate. You have to be careful with it. You can't abuse it. And sometimes we've done that. 
That's where I have a problem with libertarianism. Sometimes libertarians forget that you you can't, the, the other side of having liberty is respect and mm-hmm. making sure that you don't tread on others. Uh, that's, uh, that, hey, Max, I just came up with a great marketing idea. Okay. Let's have a two-sided don't tread on me flag. On one side, it's don't tread on me. And then the other side, it says, I won't tread on you. Oh, I like it. Again, the empathy. What do you that think? We are missing that here. Certainly. Copyright. What time is it? Copyright. 7.39 a.m. On November 13th. On the Dr. Randy copyright Tobler Show. On the Randy Tobler Show. I think some people on the right have forgotten that, frankly. I talked about that when it came to vaccinating young people. You know, if you're in a home where maybe you're, you're, you know, 40, 50 years old and mom and dad are living with you because maybe they, maybe dad has dementia and mom has, you know, uh, can't mobilize because of terrible arthritis or something, you know, and they need help and, and they're living with you. I mean, that's the way a lot of the world lives is extended families all live under the same roof. I mean, it's not necessarily a modern American tradition, but I think, I think we have more young people living with their parents than old people. But let's say that mom and dad have diabetes, all these infirmities, they're overweight, whatever. And and you got a young kid who's going to school and 10 years old and, you know, could bring home the COVID. And even if mom and grandma and grandpa are vaccinated, there is some risk to them being exposed. And even if they're vaccinated, be getting severely ill. Wouldn't that at least, shouldn't that at least conjure a discussion? A discussion. It's like, okay, for the good of my family and the welfare, I, mm-hmm. I believe that you know, the data thus far says that this is a third of the dose that 12 and above year old uh, people get. And in the safety trials, there were no there were no life threatening events. There were no serious adverse events. And so for the good of my fellow man, in this case, my family, I- I'm going to get my child vaccinated. Now, some may say, no, you don't do anything that may put any z- I, I have to have zero risk for my children. If that's the case, you probably shouldn't let your children go on the school bus. I'm surprised you became a parent because zero risk is not, it's not in the equation there. There you go. I mean, what are we going to do? Put our kids in a bubble and, and, you know, I mean, carry them to school on our shoulders, on a, on a, on a, on a mattress, you know, on our shoulders, like the Indians do, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, with a funeral dirge so that the little precious things don't get hurt. At some point you have to think about other people. And that's that's why when I went to California and I said, I want to walk outside and they said, wear your mask. I said, that's fine. It's other people. Hey, I'd like to walk into this restaurant. Show us your papers. Okay, that's fine. It's for other people. It wasn't until I said, give me a hamburger. And they said, no, it's all vegan. That's when I got upset. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, but if they'd have just said, it's for the cows, then you would have been okay. No, I no, no. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, speaking of that, it is, uh, I have to I have to comment a little bit about, and I don't really know enough about this yet. I'm working on it, okay? But there are reports coming out that COVID-19, not just any coronavirus, but SARS-CoV-2 is endemic in the deer population. Oh, wow. And here we are, opening day of deer season uh and i had a guy the other day i i I don't i can't out him but he said i'm doing you know i'm doing research for (laughs) for a missouri um agency on covid in our deer population well it's no it's all over the news ohio indiana was everyone in some cases at least 30 percent of the lymph nodes tested in in these animals have got uh, covid in them wow okay so so they're saying that 
I guess there was some experiment done in minks, I think in Pennsylvania originally, when they find that somehow humans could infect minks and vice versa. So now we have an animal reservoir, hmm. just like, is it bats? Is it uh, one of those other funny animals Because in, I know uh, that China? cats, big cats and domestic yeah. cats can right. get COVID from humans, but I don't think they can give it to us as yeah. far as cats go. So I don't know about the... Well, unless you're deer. unless you're snuggling with your cat and he sneezes on you. Well, oh, well, then I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a dog. So we have Simba, who's sort of a floppy eared adolescent. We don't know how old he is, but we think he's a Catahoula, which is the, actually the state dog of Louisiana. But we adopted him um, from a foster dog situation. My daughter gets me into these like every few years. We adopt one of her foster dogs <laughs> and then Mia. And Mia's sort of an aloof pit bull boxer mix, but but Simba is just a floppy-eared stupid dog. You can throw the sausage at him. He doesn't catch it. It lands two inches from his paw, and he still can't find it because he's so excited. You know, he's a which way did he go? Which way did he go? But he's a lover, and he loves to put his head on the pillow in the middle of the night and, like, think he's, like, you know, like my second wife. It's terrible. <laughs> I got. I don't know if he's a transgender dog or not. I'm not sure. He's certainly not cisgendered. No, I love. I love Simba, but you know how a dog once in a while will sneeze. So I'm wondering, is it possible that you can give COVID maybe to a domestic animal and then? But my my point is, it's deer season. Thus far, the the guidance I've seen from the zoologists and the biologists I respect are: if you get deer meat, don't worry about it. Uh, if you're processing it, you know, you eat the meat, make sure you you heat the, you, you know, you cook the meat adequately. You're probably going to be okay. I'd, I don't think after all the processing and the, and the denaturation that happens of virus uh, during cooking that you should worry about it. Egan, there, there is great, there is great value to venison. Venison is fabulous for you because it's, uh, it's lean, uh, it's iron rich. It's great, great meat. Uh, my wife makes uh, deer burgers with a, with a, what is that? A burgundy reduction you make or what is it? It's a beautiful oh, Sounds port fancy. wine reduction. God. I do love a oh good God, uh, it's uh, venison jerky and and deer jerky. Fantastic oh, stuff. Yeah, really good. Yeah. But whether it's a burger, whether it's a deer burger or a beef burger, uh, boy, that port wine reduction. And then if you if you melt a little, little gorgonzola cheese on there, oh, oh baby. Oh, Stop man, talking that's about good. food. I know. <laughs> Earlier it's poor boys, and now it's, I don't know, it says this. <laughs> uh, but we're going to be talking with Virginia Cruda here in just a little bit. And... Um, and and I want to talk with her about what she thinks about the inflation story. And we've got a, we've got actually from I've got a, I've got some sound I want to play as we get into that next segment uh, with a Johns Hopkins economics professor on one of the left channels. I forget. I think it was MSNBC, CNN, maybe. And I, I got a feeling that this, I I think this train is not yet even begun to get out of the station. This inflation thing and this is going to eat the Democrats alive if they don't get a handle on this. I'm Randy Tober. There's Max. We're the Tober Show. You're listening to 101.9941 News Talk STL. Sign up for the newsletter during the break. NewstalkSTL.com, and uh, we'll come back and talk with Virginia Cruda from the Daily Caller right after this. One of my favorite regular visits is with Virginia Cruda who uh, is a extraordinary journalist as well as a, just a marvelous human being and always nails it when it comes to the analysis of uh, the, the goings on in our life, whether it's culture, politics, and of course, culture is upstream from politics. We know that. So you really, they're, they're connected at the hip and uh, really thankful you're with me on this opening deer season day, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of. Are you a, are you a deer hunter? I'm not going out. No, I no, not personally. But but man, I I love to be on the receiving end of someone who is. 
Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I love it. But I, I think a lot of people are going to read these stories about COVID in the deer population and maybe go, I don't know. It's sort of like the chronic wasting thing. You know, they, we got chronic wasting disease here in Missouri as well as yeah. re- really in most natural populations. And right. um, I don't worry about it because I'm going to go crazy sooner or later. My wife thinks I'm already there. So why not just accelerate it with a little wasting disease? Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't think you should worry about it. If you get a little venison, just make sure you cook it well. And um, yeah, yeah it'll, you'll, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Hey, before we get into it, because I want to talk with you about a number of topics, uh, inflation and uh, Rittenhouse and your take on that. And I saw this article sure. about the Rivian electric car manufacturer. They like have a higher valuation because of all the subsidies and people dumping money into them because of the anticipated subsidies. And they've only sold like 57 cars. Rivian electric car. I think they make like a, like a, a about right. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's, you have to pinch yourself like you're in an alternate universe with what's going on as you watch things. But you is is the Tobler show the first time here for a major announcement of a career change for you, a major career change no. for Virginia? No, actually, we um, I was I was on um, yesterday with uh, Chris Arps because um, Tim Jones has been out this week, and we made we actually made the announcement on the air oh, yesterday. Well, okay, but well, I know who I know who you really love. Out. That's okay. okay. Well, <laughs> I I was actually on the show live though, and uh, I'm kidding you. T- t- I'm kidding. Um, Tony Colombo let it slip like a week ago, and we are not going to let him forget that. Oh um, boy, that's he, not I, good. <laughs> uh oh, Tony. No, okay. he got out ahead of he got out ahead of things and, <laughs> and tell him anything. Let, let it go. But um, I actually, my last day with the Daily Caller was a week ago yesterday. So a week, uh-huh. I've, I've been gone for about a week and I start with the Daily Wire on Wednesday. I will be in Nashville yeah. this week doing some training and onboarding and stuff. And, Fantastic. and I'm, you know, onward and upward from there. So. Well, that, that's a, I mean, that is a major, major uh, feather in your cap. I mean, that is unbelievable because the, the Daily Wire is really, really gaining momentum. And uh, my gosh, you got, yep. of course, Shapiro and Walsh and, um, you know, yep. uh, Michael uh, Knowles. And I love Andrew Clavin's show. I guess it's because I'm an old bald guy myself. So, I you know, I'm sort of favorite to him. And now, uh, well, and of and course, I- Candace Owens and now Virginia yep. Cruda. I mean, wow, that's huge. No, I, I will say this, and I said this yesterday, too. This I I will forever be thankful and love the people at the Daily Caller. They are some of the best journalists I've ever worked with. Yes, and yes. it's just, just a really great organization. So keep your eye out for what they're doing because they have, they have a documentary in process about uh, drug cartels near the border that um, mm. Joe mm. Biden's lack of border control is just feeding. And uh, they've they've got some really great stuff coming out as well. So mm-hmm. keep an eye on the Daily Caller, even though I'm not there anymore. Well, um, the Caller and the and the Wire and. Um yeah, so many of these uh, sites are all of, on my sweep. I do a sweep of, uh, you know, of the, of the. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even want to use the word right. But when I use the word right, I mean it as in correct. The correct media. That's what we should call it. The correct media. Because when you say <laughs> right, you, you get labeled as some kind of like white supremacist Kyle Rittenhouse sympathizer. How dare you sympathize with Kyle Rittenhouse? What do you think about oh, Kyle? Yeah. What, where, where are you, oh, where are you on this trial? Well, I had a few days off between jobs and I tried to kind of get away from the constant barrage of media, but I actually watched quite a bit of the trial while I was repainting my living room this week. And it was just, (laughs) it was very difficult to watch because now I, 
I watched a couple of days last week because uh, Richie McGinnis, who is um, the chief video guy for the Daily Caller, was a witness. He was covering the trial, or he yeah. was covering the uh, the riots and was there and actually rendered medical aid when um, I think Rosenbaum was shot. He was there, like, running to help and actually turned off his camera for part of the time. But he was a witness in the trial last week, and he was a witness for the prosecution. And as the prosecutor was questioning him, people were asking, why did they want him as a witness? Because he's actually giving more ammunition to the defense. <laughs> and and which actually kind of was the case for most of the prosecution's witnesses. And then, you know, they bring out Kyle Rittenhouse and there was all of this, these questions. Why would they bring out Kyle Rittenhouse? Because the case looks so bad for the prosecution anyway. And, I think it's important to realize that when you have an affirmative defense like self-defense, you have to have, unless there's a really good reason not to, you have to have the defendant testify because you have to be able to see into his state of mind. And it's very difficult to do that without actually putting him on the stand. And so I think that they were smart to do that, especially because of how well Rittenhouse held up under questioning. Um, Yeah. I think they were. Well, I thought it was fascinating, and I, I especially liked the yeah. way the judge really took it to the very unlikable prosecutor. Hey, so we spent a lot of time, a very important time, letting people know that you know that you're moving from the caller to the Daily Wire, oh, right? And we're running out of time this segment. Can you uh, pour a cup of coffee, heat up a, a vegan, uh, you know, breakfast, and um, I, you know, whatever, <laughs> and, and join us after the top of the hour for a little bit more? Because I want to talk to you about inflation uh, a little bit too. Sure. You got a little more time sure. for us. Okay, yeah, hey, we're absolutely. talking with Virginia Cruda with The Daily Wire now, and uh, we'll be right back after uh, after a few words, top of the hour. Stay there, guys.